is this is about people. People have cross-cultural exchanges based on their backgrounds, their history, their childhood, where they grew up, meaning which part of the world, what city specifically they grew up in, and their family traits, ancestral beliefs, habits, and patterns. Her work is absolutely groundbreaking, but I believe that communication is like an artistic web. I believe that we communicate from our own secret world, located inside of our own private universe, in an attempt to make connections with others. Although we're individuals, and yet we're part of this whole and connected to everything. But another person can never truly know what it is that you perceive or the way you see things. For example, if you and I are sitting at a table together, and I put a red rose in front of us. I see it through my personal lens, and you see it through yours. We see the same rose, yet the shade of red may vary depending on how the light bends, and we take in the information. The scent of the rose may smell one way to me, and it may smell another to you. I might say, it smells lovely, it's sweet, and it's warm. And I experience what I experience, except you had an extreme experience when you were six and you crashed your bike into a bush of red roses and you came out bloody, cut up, and hurt. The injury that you suffered impacted the way that you see red roses. They don't remind you of beauty and wonder. They remind you of pain and injury. We're not mind readers, but we all have a sixth sense and a perception that goes beyond the five senses. We're always telegraphing and communicating to people, and they're always communicating to us in a silent, but yet a very real and energetic realm. This realm is very important to our survival and to the health of our relationships. Communication begins first as a personal responsibility to ourselves. For example, you're always communicating with yourself. We all have self-talk. You're talking to yourself right now as you listen to this podcast. And what you hear may not be what I mean because you're processing my words. You're processing my voice and the information through your own personal processor, your brain and neural networks. Your brain is organizing the information in a way for you to understand it. Because that's what the brain does. And it organizes things based on something you've already experienced. So it makes sense to you. So you're not necessarily in the present. You're actually learning things from your past and you're saying, that's what this means. When in fact, it may not be what I mean. Self-talk and what you believe about yourself And what you say about yourself and what you feel about yourself is always being broadcast in a field of energy, almost like it rides on the radio waves around you and sends the message to others. We're like walking antennas. We pick up everything from other people. Released from your past because you just wanted to blab. So when you suspend your old reactions, you create something brand new. And that's where you begin to build new habits and patterns by allowing another, you allow yourself 
to be heard. We begin to come to the realization organically and naturally, and the situation is safe, and it's honest, and it's vulnerable with ourselves and with another. And we never use the information against them. This is a sacred place. It's a sacred something that you create between two people not to be shared with others. And I can tell you it hurts when friends go away. And it hurts when we lose relationships. And it hurts when we're not heard and validated. And it hurts when we feel that we don't matter. We have conflicting needs for independence and intimacy, but when we truly understand ourselves and our needs and we quietly contemplate ourselves, we begin to learn how to show others what we need. And then we're able to allow people to have and get what they need from us. In turn, we're each heard and we teach each other how to communicate with each other. So listen and pay attention to yourself and the other. Thank you for listening. And if you like this podcast, please share it. Please like it. Please support it. And always make the world a better place. Hi, and welcome to my podcast today. I'm going to talk about how to connect, to deepen your relationships. I'm going to use a couple of books that I have read and have been a bit of my go-to, written by Deborah Tannen, who is a professor of linguistics at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C. And in Tannen's book, she examines the differences in the ways that men and women communicate. And the two books in particular I'm going to be speaking to are called That's Not What I Meant, and you just don't understand. When Tannen explains communication, she talks about men and women, and she says that they are at cross-cultural exchanges. Boys and girls grew up in different cultures, as Tannen sees it. But the way that I see it here, in an attempt to bring together, we only filter some of the information, and that's what gets through. So if you wonder why you're not attracting the right people to you or why your life isn't going the way that you want it to, you need to check in with yourself. It's what you are telegraphing to others. It's the energy that you are using through your self-talk to communicate to the outer world what you will accept and what you won't accept. The outer world reflects your mind, your self-talk, your beliefs, and your feelings about yourself and the world around you. What we see is what we've created by the beliefs, feelings, and thoughts that we grew up with. If you don't like what you see, then you need to know that you can change it. In becoming self-aware and mindful, we begin to understand what the speaker is saying by contemplating the information given and then being able to have new insights by perceiving things from a different perspective. It's the practice of perceiving through the eyes of another instead of understanding a situation or circumstance through the old filter. We become open to knowing another as they are, not as who we want them to be or how we think they are or how we project we need them to be. This way we can begin to see and perceive differently and some of what we perceive will discard. And other ideas will accept. 
and other things we won't even pay attention to because it doesn't get through our filter. And that's okay too. An example that I use is like going to a yoga class. If you have been practicing Ashtanga yoga for three years and you have a friend say, come to the hot yoga class, now there's a different experience. And at first you might resist it because going to hot yoga goes against the beliefs of Ashtanga. And I don't know if that's true. I'm just using this as an example. And your friend convinces you to come to hot yoga and you practice it. And your experience changes because you're immersed in the energy of the hot yoga class and the minds and the energies of those people who love hot yoga. And that influences and affects you. And then you begin to see the benefits for yourself and you begin to perceive the things that you don't like about it. But your perception changes because now you understand why people go to hot yoga. And whether you like it or not, isn't meaningful to the greater whole. What's important is that you understand you perceive things differently by giving something a chance, by suspending judgment and your beliefs and immersing yourself in it by trying it. And when we are able to understand the benefits that people get by talking to them and listening to them and making an attempt to see things through their eyes by suspending judgment and beliefs and what we think we know. We begin to create new ideas and new experiences, and we begin to see things differently. This is the basis of learning to understand the language of other people. People have learned to communicate differently. For example, the same phrases that a woman may use does not mean the same things to a man. And this will explain why many times when communicating, what we actually intend is often a mystery to a man and vice versa. Men and women were conditioned differently, but isn't everybody to some degree? Because it's based on our familial history and where we grew up in the world. Cross-culture is not exclusive to geography and gender and beliefs. I think it relates to humans as a whole. Tannen examines the differences in how men and women perceive the world and their relationship, and to me she made a lot of sense. She claims that there are gender differences in ways of speaking, and we need to identify and understand them to avoid blaming other people or blaming ourselves or blaming the relationship for the otherwise very mystifying and damaging effects that our contrasting conversational styles have on each other. I contend that there are differences in ways of communicating that go beyond gender. The differences are in inflection, how we learn to string words together, how our parents communicated, how our social groups communicate, and the ways in which our brains process information and then communicate what we see. Someone else listening or trying to relate to us whose background is very different may not even remotely see things from our point of view. I mean, we've all been there. You're trying to get a point across to a friend of yours. For example, your friend said something that hurt your feelings. You tell them that you're hurt and they don't believe you. How can you be hurt? I don't owe you an apology. I didn't say anything wrong. And you feel that they did. 
You think they owe you an apology. You didn't like the tone of their voice. You didn't like the words they used. The relationship can deteriorate from this experience, or one person holds resentment for the other who didn't apologize. And both people have different viewpoints. The person who feels offended has an opportunity to understand themselves better and to learn to perceive differently and be perceived differently. They have the opportunity to suspend their reaction, to really listen to what the person was saying and then communicate their needs. And the person who doesn't feel that they owe the other an apology can also learn to understand that they hurt someone's feelings by their tone. And maybe they need to perceive the way that they speak to others and the words they use. And when we begin to understand, our relationships deepen and blossom. What I learned from Deborah Tannen is that each person's life is a series of conversations. And simply by understanding and using the words of our language, we all absorb and we pass on different assumptions. And assumptions can be the problem, especially when it's related to relationships between men and women. Because anybody who's ever listening, is, who's ever been in a relationship where you think to yourself, how could he not have understood what I just said? knows exactly what I'm talking about. And how many times has a man thought to himself, oh my God, she just does not get it. But I can relate this to friends and family members too. They just don't get what you're saying. Tannen postulates that women approach the world as an individual trying to make connections. And I do believe women love to connect. Women protect themselves from somebody trying to push them away. Women want to preserve intimacy and they want to avoid isolation. And I think anyone who is more heart-centered is like this. And it isn't gender specific. I know men who do this. They're just more tuned in emotionally and they're more sensitive. Someone who's more cerebral and thinks about what they're saying, I would say more rational, they can have difficulty relating to somebody that's heart-centered. But women can be very cerebral. And they could say, you're too emotional. But what I've learned is that if we can learn to communicate effectively with the other person, we step out of ourselves and we look through their eyes by suspending judgment, by suspending and putting labels on what we think they said. And we can teach each other our special and specific forms of communication, hate them or like them. You need to understand what someone is saying. We would feel heard and we would become much better listeners. Understanding another person's communication style can help them and it can help us. And it can help us not feeling that we're being walked on or boundaries are being bashed. And on the flip side, your partner needs to be willing to understand you and how you communicate. Because when we understand another person, we understand what they need. Our relationships deepen with ourselves as we're willing to open up because somebody else can hear us. And we listen to ourselves because we begin to understand what we truly need and why. Our relationships deepen because we become better listeners to our own self and to others. It is simply having the willingness to understand yourself and be understood by others. 
When communicating our thoughts and feelings, we require a safe place to share. Attentive listening and understanding without judgment will create this place. However, when we're reactionary, we're defending ourselves. This is an old habit and pattern that we use, and it pushes other people away. And the reason we do it is to take control. It's our way of saying, I feel threatened and push back. And you shut people down when you do that. People don't like to be attacked. They won't feel that it's a safe place to speak their truth or to tell you their feelings. And you obviously don't see seem to feel safe either, or you wouldn't be reacting. Something's triggering you. And I'll tell you, more relationships are destroyed by lack of communication and having a partner willing to listen without being reactive. It's a lack of communication and not having that partner listening. When we're not heard, or we're told that our feelings are wrong or ridiculous, or we're shamed by our thoughts and feelings, the other person is lacking the willingness to hear us. Many couples have arguments over the most trivial things. Those trivial things are not the root of the problem. There's a much deeper problem lurking, and it's waiting to destroy the relationship. And it's called ineffective listening. When we listen deeply, and we must listen deeply to ourselves and be willing to listen without judgment and through love, our partners grow, and so do we. Our partners and friends are still going to say things that trigger us because they don't know how to release their own tension. For example, I recently had a client tell me that her boyfriend came to the house. He was really up, uptight when he walked in. She had Netflix on and she had the subtitles or captions on. And he looked at her with an attitude and he goes, mm, what are you trying to do? Learn English better? And it was insulting to her because she is bilingual. And they didn't speak the rest of the night because he knew he, he made a mistake. He also knew that when he walked in the door, he had a lot of tension. And that's exactly how he released his energy and frustration on her, through his words. And I told her that she needs to communicate how that made her feel and point out to him that he was releasing his own frustration and that it was going to erode the relationship. If you allow somebody to treat you in a specific way and you continue to allow it, they're going to continue to treat you like that. You have to have the guts to be able to say, hey, that didn't feel very good. That was about you. You look like you're having a bad day. Please don't talk to me like that again. Another form of communication is when your significant other rolls their eyes and they walk away and they say nothing. That's the form of saying, oh my God, that's ridiculous. I don't want to hear what you're saying or I can't hear what you're saying. You see, a lot of times people cannot take anymore. They're overwhelmed. We have to know that. But they also have to be responsible for rolling their eyes and walking in and saying, what do you have the captions on for? With an attitude. Because if you're not going to be able to be vulnerable with somebody and you lose the ability to be real and vulnerable with your partner, your relationships don't deepen, they erode. Deborah Tannen says that men see the world as a hierarchy. 
In a nutshell, men view everything as a battle. They want to preserve independence and they want to avoid failure. And I agree with her to some degree, but I think it depends on the man. I don't think that we can pigeonhole men like this, but I do know this, that men want to feel significant. And I know that they like to feel needed and helpful. And they want to feel cherished, just like a woman does. Women and men have different styles of communicating. And Deborah Tannen says that the male's form of communication is the standard in this world. And what she means by that is we are used to speaking from a male's point of view. And if this is true, we do hurt both men and women because women are treated based on the norms for men. So, for example, men with good intentions speak to a woman as they would speak to another man because that's the norm. And they're perplexed when their words spark anger and resentment in a woman. And maybe she's on to something here. And this is where people are talking about gender specificity and we need to be able to communicate effectively the way that we're feeling. It's difficult sometimes, especially in work situations, because a person who feels like they're being attacked has to have control over their reactions. We're never a victim. We have the power to speak up for ourselves in a loving and gentle, firm way, because that's a form of setting a boundary. Another view by Dale Spender is instead of a woman changing her communication style, Spender theorizes that women who talk like men are judged differently, harshly. A woman invading the man's realm of speech is considered unfeminine, rude, and bitchy. That's probably true. So there's that. So the question is, what do we do? And Tannen points out that men get annoyed when women talk about their problems, but they don't take their advice. See, that's what bothers men. You talk about your problems, but you won't take my advice. It's because we're not asking for advice. We're asking for sympathy. We're asking to be heard and looking for a man to share with us their experiences that are similar to our own problem. This is because we want to know that we're not alone. But men see things literally. For example, she has a problem. I have a solution. I love this dynamic. And I have this with my male friends and my, and also partners. We're able to communicate exactly what I, they communicate to me exactly what I need to hear. And because of this, I don't weigh in with my girlfriends as much. And then I realized actually my relationships with my girlfriends are like this and they're healthier. Our style of communication is to look for solutions. There's only so much my girlfriends and I can drone on together. We just get to the point where we feel like this is bullshit. Let's move on. Let's solve the problem. Let's be happy. Women-to-women friendships are much different from a man-to-man. Women have shared feelings, thoughts, opinions, and they offer similar experiences. To a woman, friendship means sharing secrets. It means trusting each other enough to reveal personal feelings, establishing intimacy. We accept and we expect reciprocity. We need others to listen. Ad infinitum. Women are the ones who beat the horse and then they go back and they beat it again and then they go back and they beat it again. That's what women do. But what we have to realize 
is in beating that dead horse over and over again, we're repeating the same cycles unless we're getting something good out of it. We have to begin to look for the solution instead of staying wrapped in the emotion. Because remember, repetition creates the habits and patterns. And you begin to get into the repetition. Why does he do this to me? Why does he do this to me? He must not love me. She must think that I'm whatever she thinks. And you know what? That's what you begin to create. You have to find a solution. You have to suspend what you think and tell your ego that's reacting, stop. There's another way to look at this and think about how you can communicate effectively because most of the time that isn't what somebody means. And that's what Tannen really gets down to in her book. Seek the solution. Ask your friends the question, what is this about? Ask yourself, what's going on for me? Why am I not heard? Why does it seem he doesn't understand me? Instead of being emotionally reactive to it, and don't blame, look at how you can understand yourself better and the other person better to help them understand you. You know, people actually love that. And this isn't gender specific. Intimacy is what separates friends from acquaintances for women. So we share. And sometimes we get on each other's nerves and we piss each other off and we trigger each other and we irritate each other. But we love each other, even when we're making mistakes and we're judging the other. So take a a deep breath and suspend those old judgments and beliefs and stop judging them and give them a helping hand up and help yourself get up out of judgment. Because men, on the other hand, have relationships of action. So you can see a man often wants to solve the problem and get on with it. And a woman needs to go with her emotions and follow them to a specific end. And that end needs to be understanding your significant other's end, which means yourself too, so that you can deepen your relationship with your own self and understand yourself deeply in your relationship with yourself so that It is reflective of your relationship with another. That's how you attract and keep deep relationships. Women, talk is like glue. It holds the friendship together. Guys, they share experiences by doing things and talking about sports. Silence on a man's part is seen as distance and isolation by women. And women are afraid of that silence. And they try harder to accommodate themselves so they don't lose the intimacy. And they push men away. And men can do this too with women. That's why I keep saying it's not gender specific. This in turn frustrates the man or it frustrates the woman because they feel like the other person is trying to limit their independence. You see, that's why we tell you not to chase. Many people don't see need to talk about feelings on and on and on. And they don't want to talk about problems on and on and on. Men and women, they get tired of it. We keep asking people to share, to listen to us, to share, to give advice. And then we don't do anything about it. We don't fix our lives. People get sick of us and they dump us. 
And you've dumped people too when they've done that. And excuse the word dump. I didn't have another more appropriate word. How do we learn to communicate and understand each other so that we have better relationships, so that we create deeper bonds? How do we avoid these pitfalls? It's an understanding. Conversation is community. It's communing with another. Conversations for men and women are different. Conversations for people are different. And what it is that we need is to be listened to. It's creating a creative space for a person to hear themselves talk, themselves talk, and understand what they're doing and help them make their lives better. And Tannen uses the word meta-messages. Pay attention to things that we say when we're trying to help people, for example. This is what's good for you. That meta-message, she says, sends the speakers basically inferring to the other person, I'm more competent than you. And how another person interprets what you're communicating to them can create conflict. You see, that's a hierarchical linguistic relationship where one person is saying, I know better. When the truth is, is you don't know better for another person. If you truly understand what someone is going through, you might realize that they have to walk through hell before they get to heaven. And then in other circumstances, you may not. And you may have to let them do that and hold their hand from a distance. You may have to walk away. And when we interrupt people, it shows a lack of interest or support in a conversation. Instead, what we try to do is wrench control of the topic of the conversation. And that's not cooperative communication. The other person feels like you're taking their power away, that they're not interesting. So what's the point in talking to you if you interrupt them and they have to defend themselves or vice versa? Pay attention. How do you feel when you're cut off? Are you willing to pay attention? Are you willing to recognize your habits and patterns without pointing a finger first at another? Because when we point that finger, remember, we always have three pointing back at us. High involvement in a conversation means not imposing on another person. This is where listening is really important because when we allow another to speak and you just let them talk and listen deeply, saying nothing, taking in information without thinking about what you're going to say back, without trying to solve their problem, without trying to give input, without thinking about yourself. How would you handle the situation? I want to say this. These are my ideas. Stop. Let them speak. Let their speech be released into the ethers. Listen deeply with your heart and with your ears and with your body and soul. And then let the silence be. You will be amazed at the solutions that come up. You'll be amazed that you realize the healing and what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're saying is something that needed to be emotional.